We are Brightside Home Theater. Home Theater Nerds, welcome to the Brightside Home Theater Podcast, a home theater podcast that's all about the experiences, the sights, the sounds, the scenes. And the two guys sitting next to me here are all about the sights, the sounds, and the scenes. Uh, Nick from SVS, uh, Vice President of Marketing, and Gary Yacub- Yacubian from uh, SVS also, the CEO. Did I say I that right, too Gary? I formal. I have my last name in here, and you guys are like so chill. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's kind of private. I didn't know if he wanted his last name shouted out amongst the Ethernet. He's got a lot <laughs> of groupies. <laughs> How we doing, guys? We're doing excellent. We're so happy to be here. It's been uh, just a phenomenal year for SVS. And, uh, you know, I, I know we were able to enjoy your company on our own audio file happy yeah. hour. So, uh, and Larry and I were able to do this once before, and we had so much fun that, uh, you know, I know Gary wanted uh, to be back here as well, so I'm uh, just super excited to be a part of it. Yeah, that, I met Gary at the at the Audiophile Happy Hour that I did, and um, I couldn't wait to get him here because, as I said to my listeners a little while ago, Gary, when I was announcing that you might be coming on, I'm like, I can't wait to get the CEO in, Mister Business, and every I want to crack Don't you open. Don't build them up too much. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> disappoint. I hate disappointing. Oh no, you're not gonna disappoint. We're gonna have fun. I'm going to crack you open and we're going to be laughing and having a good time. <laughs> you're going to crack me open and see there's nothing inside. <laughs> no, that's me. It's just, just an echo chamber in there. Just me talking to myself. Um, now, all kidding aside, I'm really happy to be on this um, because you peep it what this is supposed to be, which is a joyful, you know, kind of avocation. I, I, I don't like the word hobby too much because it's a little bit, you know, condescending i guess it's a but you know you keep it fun and i think that's awesome and it was really great having you on our happy hour so it's fun to fun to be a part of your um thing yeah thanks gary because uh, i actually have picked up a few listeners from that i've i've got people emailing me um probably every other week or so they'll be like oh the first time i saw you was on the uh, svs audiophile happy hour and i'm like really cool all right. So, um, thank you guys for bringing me on. That was, I mean, for me, uh, getting asked by you guys is when Nick texted me and I was like, Oh my God. All right, cool. I couldn't, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's short notice. I was like, I would have moved the world. <laughs> like I get, I get to do it. All right, cool. You know, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, we, we work hard, you know, beyond just making phenomenal audio products to cultivate a community around, you know, this passion for, for home theater and music and hi-fi and, you know, I, we recognize when people kind of get that. And so when they do, you know, we have our sort of uh, soapbox that we can use with the, the audio file happy hour um, and, you know, some of the blogs and other things that we do. But I just I, I so value the, the energy and the excitement that you bring to this because uh, of exactly that. You know, I think, you know, the, the whole bright side mantra of not having it be so judgmental or not having it be like, you know, there's a right or wrong way to do things, but more a matter of you know, taking it to the extreme based on what your passion is, what your budget is, what, what you enjoy the most and no judgment involved. And I think, you know, I saw that from the first episode of yours that I listened to. And then with the home theater tours that you do, it was like, I mean, this guy's just getting um, that sort of cultivation of community that we've worked so hard to do. So, uh, you know, I, I just thank you for that. And, uh, you know, again, it's a pleasure to be here. 
and that's why well, it's huge a- because it's huge because um i think so much of the audio space is predicated on on the belief that most people don't care about great sound and um what you do and what we try to do as well is bring more people you know the joy the fun of of um enjoying great sound yeah yeah and um nick thank you very much for that uh, that's why you're the vice president of marketing my friend <laughs> like <laughs> i was like that was i'm gonna edit and clip that and use it as a commercial that was awesome nick thank you very, very much oh all right um yeah, so we do like to keep things every, or I do like to keep things, everything is positive and bright and having a good time. Um, and when I reached out to you guys, I reached out to Nick over the summer. I was thinking of doing a charity thing and Nick stepped up right away. He was like, absolutely, we want to get involved. And you guys, you guys have supported me just in the podcast itself in developing this. And obviously, like, like I said a minute ago, you know, you've actually brought in listeners too. Um, but your, your charity is your support in my charity events and not events, but just me doing this was huge. And for me to get that, I told my parents about it. I was like, SVS is getting on board. They're a huge company. And my dad watched our video and I had to tell him, I'm like, that's Nick. He goes, who were those guys that I was talking to? And I was, he thought they were just donkeys like me. And I was like, no, that's Nick. He's the, he's the vice president of marketing. And he goes, who was the guy in, next to me in the bottom corner? And I was like, that's Gary. He's the CEO of the whole company. He goes, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I was like, these are real people, dad, not donkeys like me just sitting in their basement. These are professional people in, in the industry. So that impressed him. And you doing what you do for for charity and stuff like that. I couldn't wait to get on board. And we've Nick, we've gone back and forth over the months on which one we were going to do. And you, you pinged this one a few months ago. Uh, and because it's near and dear to Gary, um, and you guys wanted to do this. So Gary, why don't you talk about this, the Washington performing arts? Well, yeah. Um, thanks for that. Um, and I, by the way, I, kudos for, for doing it this way, for bringing, bringing a charitable element to it, because, um, this is, I, I think the need for giving has probably never been more acute. Lots of these nonprofits and charities, uh, are suffering because, you know, in a, in a difficult economy, which I think we've been in this year, um, giving kind of, it doesn't dry up, but it definitely goes down. Um, so it's great that you're, sh- you're shining a light on, on different charities with your podcast. I think it's awesome. Um, Washington Performing Arts, they, they, you know, a lot of people know them as the um, organization, nonprofit charity that puts on all the most of the classical music in Washington at the Kennedy Center at Strathmore Hall, which is in Rockville, Maryland and, and other venues around the D.C. area. Um, and that's definitely true. But I think what really resonated with Nick and, and got, I'm on the board, um, I'm vice chair. I'm a music nut. Uh, you know, I, I'll go to metal, I'll go to jazz, but I'll also go to classical. Um, and that's one reason why I connected with them. But when you drill deeper into it, they're also um, responsible for loads of free concerts in the D.C. area um, via Mars Arts, which is like Mars Candy Bars. A lot of um, uh, 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 putting on of, of just events for anyone who lives in the D.C. area. And then probably the thing that resonated the most with Nick is um, they're uh, providing tons of music education in the DC public schools, DC public schools. If you know anything about DC, 
They're, uh, re- a lot of the districts are resource challenged. They don't have the ability to provide music education, access to musical instruments, things like that. And Washington Performing Arts does loads of that uh, as part of what they do. And that definitely resonated with, with Nick. I mean, what a huge thing to get um, people who don't have access to normal resources, um, access to um, music education so they can, you know, kind of learn more about the arts. So it's definitely a passion of mine. I'm I'm on their board. I'm invite, and this year I'm I'm vice chair, um, and I I uh, uh, love being a part of it. And I'm so uh, happy um, that you're letting us shine a light on it today. Oh, I'm, I'm I was excited to do this with you. Not you know, I mean, I think doing these different charities, it's like that. My idea of this is, I mean, this is we're in like the fun sandbox here. Right. And this isn't, it's not a cheap, as you said, I know you don't like hobby, but it's not a cheap endeavor to get into home theater or anything. Um, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, we're all pretty lucky people, right. To have what we have, to have the, the extras that would, these are all extra things and to, to give back to, to people that don't that probably wouldn't even be close to this. And we'll do other charities as well that, that'll reach out like this. But I just think I, I always think of stuff like that when we get into, I mean, we're talking, you know, when you really get into this is, it's a very expensive hobby. <laughs> There's a lot. And so there should be some extra money out there for people. And, and it, my listeners, my numbers went way up once I said, I'm starting to do a charity and they're not huge They're in, but we're giving 50%, but the numbers are growing every month. So We'll see where we go. And um, this month um, my, is the highest month I've ever had. I told Nick yesterday when we were talking. Um, I started out as like, okay, we're going to do 50%. And then, um, but then I was like, I was only, literally I was bringing in $56 a month from my listeners. And then when I announced this, um, the, doing the charity thing, people started doubling their Patreon support. People started sending money in. So every, every dollar that comes into the podcast every month gets 50%. But I didn't feel like putting out just like $25. So I capped it. I'm like, it's a minimum of a hundred. Um, and this is the second month we actually topped two over $200 from our donors. And it's still going. Cause as we're recording this, the year isn't over and the listeners will, I'm over, I'm at like $215 right now. So I'll be doing, I'll be giving, um, $107 to Washington Performing Arts, which is the first time, this is the second time we've gone over $200 to actually give yep. a true 50% from my I love that. That is so awesome. And you, but you're also shining a light on, on the work they do, which is really great. Um, and we're going to give, uh, are we allowed to say this, Nick? Yeah. We're going to get, we're going to give uh, from SVS a thousand dollars to them on behalf of of us, but really in honor of this podcast, in honor of uh, um, Bright Side Home Theater. So, thank you. We love it. Just to riff a bit off of what you were saying, DJ, you know, I know it, we like to consider what we do. Um, you know, we sell aspirational products. They're they're not something that you need in your life to survive. Uh, but they certainly make the experiences that you create for yourself on a daily basis uh, that much more enjoyable, that much more exciting. Uh, and I think a lot of what the WPA is doing is is creating aspiration with, um, you know, underserved youth or other 
people in communities that may not have access to these kind of performances or even the education that you need uh, to really get into music on a level where you could make a career out of it or build, you know, a hobby, uh, you know, as far as, you know, really taking it to the next level. And I think that's why, why they resonate so much with us is, you know, just because of that fact that it's sort of an adjacency to us, mm-hmm. you know, they're not dealing with hardware and, and equipment, but they're, they're cultivating again, that, that sort of um, early wave of folks who can really appreciate music on a deeper level, understand how to make music, understand how to, you know, uh, work with musical instruments and various artists. And then they bring in all sorts of different genres. You know, I think Gary mentioned jazz, classical. They also do a lot of with gospel. They do a lot, um, you know, with uh, right. music from Latin America and Asia. And so, you know, it gives people sort of this melting pot of music that that you can really sort of establish new interests, but also educate yourself and and take it to, you know, a level where it really you know, means something in their life. Uh, down the road where, you know, maybe it becomes a career or something like that. So I think that's why our support for them has been so strong. Um, and they've they've actually had a couple of their artists join our happy hour as well, uh, promoting various performances or, or different nonprofit endeavors that they're working on. So uh, we, we just love to build off of it. And, you know, I can't thank your listeners enough and you for, for taking this uh, approach because it is the kind of thing that's going to snowball. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to see uh, where it is now. It's, it's going to be uh, exponentially bigger as you as you keep going forward. Yeah, I hope so. Um, but yeah, the getting back to performing arts, um, or any of the arts, I just had this conversation over the holidays with uh, a family friend and it was like, it, the conversation started with, um, we don't really need to educate, to have art, you know, it, kids shouldn't be forced into like music at the, at the early ages. It's like, let them choose it if they want. And what I was saying is I'm like, I went the opposite approach. I'm like, I think everybody should be forced to experience something in the early ages. And it's because you never know what you don't, what you like until you experience it. And some kids will take to it and great. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. But it's, it's stuff like that. It's the exposure to like what Washington Performing Arts is doing. It's like they're bringing it to people that might not ever have gotten it in the first place. And then who knows where it goes from there? That's up. Then it's up to them. Right. But at least they're getting it out there. And um, I think art is one of those things, whether it's performing arts, you know, fine arts, musical, you know, acting, all, of, you know, all of that different stuff. It's like people lose, fo- they lose the idea that we need it. And I think we need that more than we need a lot of other things in life because the art is what brings us, I mean, it, it's brought us, it brings us entertainment, but believe it or not, it brings us technology. It's brought us all sorts of things because it, it, the creative mind is, it's just, it's an amazing thing. And who knows where ideas come from. Totally agree with you. And a couple of things on that to riff on that. Um, First of all, for the the kids, they don't necessarily ram a type of music down their throat. They just give them access to music education uh, and musical instruments. But also, one of the things I've learned, this is something I've learned as being a part of this organization. People get exposed to something earlier in life, and then they may be resistant to it or not interested, but then they circle back to it later Mm -hmm. on, and they're interested, and they have some level of of a fundamental understanding of it so that they can they have an entry point to it so they even if you're they're not necessarily reacting to it uh when they're young in school they might come back to it later in life and then the other thing to your point i think 
Um, one of the things, reasons, the first reasons I started giving to Washington Performing Arts is because in these times where there's so much divisiveness and disagreement, there is a unifying power to the arts in general, whether, I mean, and look, now we can circle it back to um, Brightside Home Theater because, I mean, what walk of life person went to see for example top gun this year mm. uh, and now is getting the blu-ray or watching it in streaming um it, i i would say every type of person so we you know it's something that every person um from every walk of life from every political belief whatever probably would have watched top gun and loved it you know and and i think that's probably going to be true of this new avatar from what i'm hearing they've already passed a billion dollars um, and it's not even available on on uh, Blu-ray yet. Um, this is the type of thing that you know brings people together, uh, and, and maybe we need more of that right now. Yeah, yeah, art definitely, I think, brings people together. Um, it can inspire conversations that have nothing to, you know, debates. Two people look at a piece of art and they they interpret things differently or hear something. Especially like in in a symphony, you can hear you you can interpret it as like different things, different emotions strike you, and then you have a conversation about it. And who knows who these people are? You know, it's the things that have been inspired because of art is. I mean, it's it's endless. So, um, it, it it's so much fun to do, and I'm just so I, this is such a great one. Um, Nick, thank you for bringing this to us. I'm really excited about this. It's not, honestly, and the other thing is, it's not something I would have thought of myself, you know, but it's again, you guys bringing it up. I'm looking at it going, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah. It's adjacent to what we do, you know, and I mm -hmm. think that's what, um, helped it really resonate with us. And then, you know, Gary lives uh, local to a lot of where the, the performances are. So, you know, he's able to be there in person and, and support them. And, you know, we, uh, we just love everything that they stand for and their team. You know, I think a lot of, uh, their team is just wonderful. I'll just leave it at that. Like the way that they connect us with, with some of the inner city schools. And we're trying now to actually get some of the, our prime wireless pro gear out to some of the schools there. So they'll have a better quality playback system and they're really facilitating all of that. And, you know, so if we can actually make that hardware connection with SVS to some of this more, uh, you know, uh, ethereal things that are happening with with some of the programming that they're doing then i think it really becomes full circle at that point so you know i, I think the sky's the limit as far as our relationship with them can go and uh, they do things on a on a national scale as well so um you know we really just uh, are excited year after year we've, we've sort of increased our uh, um benefit or sort of the donations that we've done in the program that we've had with them and so i'm really looking forward to kind of getting boots on the ground and and seeing how uh, maybe some svs products can can really move the needle and, and help, uh, you know, some underprivileged uh, students enjoy the benefits of great sound and, and understand the art that much better. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's get this, uh, going. I liked what Gary said about how you're exposed to something when you're younger and that's what, you know, Washington performing arts have done here. Um, and then you circle back to it and that's me. You guys can't see the graphics right here, but I've got your titles and my title here is DJ Briggs newbie audio file because for Christmas, um, I gave my wife a, uh, turntable. Uh, we haven't had a turntable in this house ever. And I say this house going back to our apartment, we all grew up with them, 
you know, my wife and I are both 52 years old. We had turntables, little ones in our bedrooms, and we played our music on them. So uh, for Christmas, I got her a music hall um, MMF, MFF or MF, MMF 1.5. I forget the title of it exactly. Um, and I connected it to your SVS Soundbase Pro. So I happened, I, that came because I have Ara's speakers that Ara built for me. Uh, Nick, you were on Ara's show a couple weeks ago. Uh, Gary he built, was too. Oh, you were on there too, yep. Gary? Oh, awesome. Yes. Uh, I forgot you were How could you there. forget about me, DJ? That I hurts. know. I'm like, I just, I listen to them every week. I listen to you guys all the time. They mix up. I didn't know if it Larry was on there, but, um, sorry about that. But yeah, yeah so he built me these awesome set of speakers and because of that, I needed to get something to play them with because I had nothing to play. All my, all my gear is in my theater. So I was thinking of the Soundbase Pro, but I wanted to put it out to people and see what, and more and more people uh, told me Soundbase Pro. Brent Butterworth, who was on my podcast recently, he said the same thing. He goes, I had already gotten it, but he's like, that's a great product. And listening to his podcast, he was saying, get it. So I did. Uh, and then I had connected that I connected my TV through it. I had a little issue. We'll talk about that in a second, but you guys solved it perfectly. Um, but then the turntable idea came and for Christmas and I started to tell my kid or told my kids about it. We got, we're up to like 30 LPs now in the house. Um, and the thing's running awesome and I'm having so much fun with it and getting into that quote audiophile life. Um, what, it's been a long time. What the, Gary, what the, what's the difference in a cartridge? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I thought you plugged these things in and you just put the needle down and it played. Right. But everybody's telling me cartridges, this and that. When I bought this thing, I was like, they, I read some reviews and they're like, Oh, you gotta be careful setting it up and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, I, I lacked, I actually got scared, but I still went through with it, set it up. It runs fine i think you'd probably come over gary and be like no this is horrible <laughs> it sounds like chipmunks no it it sounds great but now that i'm listening and i'm trying to learn what to listen for what are the differences in cartridges what does all that mean so um first of all you got differences in the level of turntable i mean there are cartridges out there and i'm sure you know this that cost more than most people's entire oh. setup um a lot more um and so you know there's a level that you you may or may not want to go to um and it also depends on all the ancillary gear including the, the turntable the tone arm um and um the uh, uh phono preamp that you're using and the rest of the gear the speakers um but i mean generally speaking there are two basic categories of cartridge there's um moving magnet and moving coil um and uh, moving coil uh, uh, cartridges are often the ones that you see at the really stratospheric um, high prices. Um, and uh, in my record player, I have a low output moving coil, which means it needs a special phono preamp that that um, deals with that. In the end of the day, I, I would say don't obsess over it too much because if you start getting sucked into this, um, then at that point, you'll drill into the differences and, and start upgrading different parts of it. Um, the, the record player you got is a good one and, um, musical. And I, I don't think over the top expensive, it's, it's relatively within reach of a normal person and, and, and enjoy it. Um, and a lot of the, um, 
record players that are in that price range and a little higher, the cartridge comes pre-installed. It's got mm-hmm. some, uh, but it's got some screws uh, uh, to allow it to not get out of adjustment during shipping. You take the screws out and, uh, when you get it. And and uh, maybe you didn't have that. Um, but that's <laughs> I was like, typical. I didn't take any screws out. <laughs> it would be pretty normal for that. And then, um, you know, you enjoy it. And then, uh, uh, you know, at a certain level, there's a level of expertise in installing a cartridge and measuring and all that stuff that is a dying talent. It's like there's not that many people. I think there's literally now in my area, in the D.C. area, one person that I know of that qualified to set up my record player. Um, one, I have to drive near Baltimore to get, and he's kind of a little uh, wild. I don't want to say not, not the most normal person. <laughs> Are any of um, us Gary? Come on. Okay. Yeah. I shouldn't judge. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, at a certain level, it takes, a, it requires a lot of expertise to get all that, um, uh, fidelity out of the cartridge and, you know, DJ, what to listen for. That's easy. Um, listen for, uh, do, do the hairs not like and anything you do, you know, this, if are the hairs on the back of your neck standing on end, when you listen, is it reminding you of the first time you heard that music and you loved it uh, is those kind of things. Are you having that emotional connection? If it's doing that, then probably you got it set up right, you know, and enjoy it. Yeah. Well, that's see, I am getting all that, but a lot of that is that's the nostalgia, right? But then it kind of mm. wears off. Because, right. you know, in this hobby, it's like, sorry, I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not that worried about <laughs> he's it. Like, I don't like to call it a hobby. You're like, ah, oh, great. I like people to take it a little seriously, I guess. That's all. But there's nothing wrong with taking your hobby serious, right? Because right. that's our break. We totally. take our everyday life serious. It's like work hard, play hard. So yep. just because it's called playing, it doesn't mean you're not doing, you're not working at it and you're not having a good time, right? Not taking it seriously. I agree. Right. Um, so what I, what I noticed in home theater and talking to other people that I've had on my podcast, listeners teaching me about like, I'm like, I'm not an audiophile, but then I'll have somebody on and it's like, we start talking and it's like, I can hear things. And you do, when you listen to stuff over and over, you develop an ear for, all right, I know this needs to sound a little bit, you know, this properly tuned should sound a little brighter in this area. And then the bass should be doing this. So I get that part. Um, but like you said, right now, my hairs are standing up on my neck left and right. Cause every album I put on, it's like, we're listening, we're going from like, you know, Def Leppard to, you know, um, my wife, had, uh, Brian Adams, all the stuff from when we were kids that you're like, but it never sounded this good. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we had the little plastic turntable with the, you know, in our bedrooms with maybe a speaker. It might've been on a single speaker. And then we thought that was great because we just turned it up loud until the speaker crackled, you know? <laughs> I think yeah. I think it's so funny you talk about nostalgia. You know, I think one thing that makes me think about is I used to have one of those little Fisher-Price turntables yeah. and then I had this little plastic like stethoscope that came with a doctor's set. Yeah. And I used to put that on the speaker to be like, yeah, I'm listening to <laughs> headphones now. And like spinning my little Mary Had a Little Lamb uh, record on that. Uh, but then, you know, to bring it more full circle, you know, there's just this uh, last Christmas, actually, we got... Uh, my my parents, the original Prime Wireless uh, powered speakers, and then uh, my brother and sister kicked in with an Audio Technica turntable because my you know they've had vinyl collecting dust in their attic probably for about forty fifty years now, and you know when uh, 
we're able to piece that all together. And then, you know, at the same time, maybe this was coincidence, maybe not. Uh, marijuana became legal in the U.S. Now they could really get this full nostalgia, you know, going again. And so, you know, they're busting out their old George Carlin records and, you know, uh, they got all sorts of crazy stuff that I didn't even uh, Jim Croce and things oh. like I would go over there. And so now they have a date night every Saturday night where, you know, they either make martinis or something else. And uh, they, they spin out, they, they play an entire record all the way through. And that's, you know, a cheap date night for them. So, you know, you talk about nostalgia, it, it's a way to really reconnect with your music and you have all these great albums. And, you know, I, I buy in somewhat to that notion that like, oh, it's a warmer, more like engaging sound yeah. than maybe the, the digital files. Um, you know, so I, I think some of that might be more in the ears of the beholder, uh, but there's definitely a, a difference to it. It's a little bit it's hard to encapsulate unless you've actually heard one of your, your, uh, your old records and one of those original pressings. But um, I've yet to, to jump on the uh, vinyl bandwagon, uh, but the opportunities I get to, you know, listen over at my folks house are, are pretty fun and, and filled with the, uh, you know, excitement. Well, let me, let me put it in a different light too, though. Let, um, you're, you're all using it as sort of like a, uh, Hey, we can be all old timey and, and, and um, nostalgic, but, Here's a challenge I would issue anyone who has a record player who hasn't done this. Think of something that you've only known in the digital world, like you've only known it by streaming, for example, or you you had a CD and that's the only way you've known that music. Um, and find it on vinyl and see what the difference is. Um, I'll give you an example of one that just blows my mind. Um, you guys remember the... Um, Radiohead album where they said pay what you want and then you could just stream it. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's called In Rainbows. It's actually a really good album. Some people think it's it's their best or among their best. And I like Radiohead. Um, so I bought the I don't know what you call it uh, the 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 the, hot, the VIP version or whatever the, the the extreme version of it. And it came with vinyl. And I never bothered to listen to the vinyl. I just I listened to the CDs and I. Um, and it had digital files. I could stick them on my phone. Um, when I uh, refurbed my turntable and bought a new cartridge, a low-output moving coil cartridge, DJ, um, a Koetsu, Koetsu cartridge. Get that name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm name dropping. Um, I got that album out and played it, and I had only listened to it in digital form. And I was really amazed at I'm not imagining it. It sounds or sounded better on my system than than the CD does. And uh, just more real, more palpable, like I was in the room with the musicians. Uh, and I, I, it's a good experience. So I challenge everyone, give it a try. Something that you only know digitally, give it a try in vinyl. We, we did that for, I, I can't remember what the album is that I bought um, for my wife. But it's something that it, we only know digitally because it's only been out since then, right? But I, there was another one I think my my daughter or my son picked out. It's um, Five Finger Death Punch. On <laughs> on, and my wife loves that type of music, so we we haven't listened to it yet. But now that you're saying that, Gary, it, that sounds fantastic because it's like there's a lot of stuff I like. Oh, you know what we did get? We got um the one my kids bought me one too. Uh, Foo Fighters. I've never heard them on on a you know on an LP because they've only been out digitally for me ever since I haven't listened to a record since probably the 80s, right? And it's like so 
now that you say that, I can't wait. And I love Foo Fighters. You see me at a Foo Fighters concert, you wouldn't even know who I was. I'm a screaming maniac. Um, but there, that that sounds awesome. Um, and I, I, the word I wanted to say for you there was like, I feel like there's just whether it's just like from an erect, there's more texture. I just feel like yeah, there's more I, I of think a that's texture a good way to, to put the it. music. Yeah. More texture. It feel the um the notes feel more kind and this is a weird way to put it, but feel kind of rounded, like more rounded off mm. and and maybe bigger in the in the sound stage, like they're they're just occupying more space. And sometimes look, sometimes it's worse for sure. Sometimes you're like, oh, you know, um uh, uh I, I think I remember this sounding better digitally if you go back and forth. And I and also younger generation, like my sons. They're like, what's all that noise? They can't <laughs> handle the, the crackling and the popping they, it, mm. because they've never heard it ever. You know, for um, somebody my age, it's not that weird. Um, for some people, it is. Yeah, my, I, I, I want to talk about that in a second because my son's 25 and he has no idea. He's not opposed to it, but we're having great conversations about the differences between this and digital. But j just what you were saying there, I don't know why it just popped in my head, but I, I've learned this in podcasting and see if it translates. And maybe this is why people like and you can you have you don't know why, like you said, you don't know why you like records. But in, in podcasting, there's a trick people do with their audio. And it's like, we're having a conversation. I don't do this trick. I'm, I don't really care. But in digital, there's nothing. So when you and I, if there's a gap in, in our conversation, there's dead air, right? There is absolutely nothing there. It's crystally clear silence, right? But in on a record, you don't have that. But there's a trick in podcasting to make our audio sound more natural is you put a white noise behind us. So then when this is playing, you'd hear a little bit of a, a and you, you can, it's barely audible, but it, it makes the entire conversation cohesive. Uh, it hides edits and stuff like that. But that little bit of background noise w tricks the brain into thinking that everything's linked perfectly. Do you think that maybe that could be what it is and the appeal to a to a record to an lp that makes you just like you don't know why i like it but it just sounds so much better and it's actually introducing noise that shouldn't be there well and it's covering up maybe some um imprecisions in what's going on there the white noise makes sense to me that it, it would that would do that it would cover up imprecise uh moments that are very quiet and the white noise just covers it up um, with records, um, well, there's a term we use in, in, in audio when a speaker is too, almost too revealing, we call it ruthlessly revealing. And, um, we, we, we want our speakers to be super accurate, but we don't want them to be accurate to the point that they're blaring in your face and, and blaring detail to a point that you don't feel emotionally connected to what you're hearing. So, um, I think records do a good job in in kind of shielding you from details in the recording that you really don't want to hear and by the way on the older stuff you're talking about the, the producer knew that the person was only going to be able to hear it, it by either a record or believe it or not a cassette i mean there were right. things that you used to be able to buy cassettes in those days <laughs> of, of Def leopard and things like that yeah you used to be able to buy it on a cassette so the the producer knew that and would create um optimize the recording to 
to work well um, with a record. Just the way that producers today optimize things for headphones, because so many people are just using headphones to listen to music. Yeah. And the other part of a record, and this is the conversation I had with my son, is we put... Um, what was it? Uh, Def Leppard Pyromania on the other day. Just came, it came in late. We put that on. We listened to both sides of it. And my son was in and out of the room and he's like, it's over. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, it's only like 40 minutes. You get five songs aside. Yeah. They don't, they only fit, you know? And he's like, oh, too bad. You can't go to, you know, you can't just go jump right to a song. I'm like, you can. And I had to go over. He's 25 years old. I had to go over, take the album on the record off show him the, the, you know, how you can see where the tracks begin. I go, you can, you just drop the needle right here and you're off on that track. You just have to read where it is, count that many in. He's like, oh, I never knew that. But the other part is that I was explaining to him is records used to tell a story. I'm a huge Springsteen fan. Like born to run is a story from beginning to end. Nobody listens to albums anymore. Cohesively. Everybody listens to music now in bits. They'll listen to this song digitally. Then they'll jump to this song. Albums were meant to be listened to like you start at the beginning and you go right through to the end. And I think that's a lost lost piece of the art. Some of the more ambitious ones are still thinking of it that way. I totally agree with that. Like, um, like these are two very disparate ones. Uh, the new Taylor Swift one and the new Kendrick Lamar that both came out this year both i i really think that the artist intended you to start with song one and go to the end and um especially the kendrick lamar i don't know if you guys like um rap but that's about as good as as, as hip-hop music gets in my opinion and he definitely tells the story from the beginning to the end of it and and to a, a little bit lesser extent i think taylor swift does a really good job on that midnight uh with that it's funny you mentioned taylor swift um all the podcasts i listen to uh, the guys that I've had on showcasing their home theaters, there'll be audio files. Uh, I've had, a, I've done a few with Ara and they keep, including Ara, they keep mentioning Taylor Swift and what a great I think she's artist she is. Yeah. And I've never really I mean, gotten into her, but I think I'm about to. <laughs> well, the last few albums that she did, the two she did during the pandemic, and then this one that just came out a few weeks ago are just absolutely brilliant and i don't think any age group would would be like oh that's you know bubble gum that's for mm. younger it's just not it's just really good music she's a great songwriter and she works with very professional producers to create a good product so i certainly enjoy it nice i think i'm gonna give her a shot what do you now nick you're sitting there you don't have a turntable yet you're not getting into vinyl uh you said you might be getting the itch what kind of music do you listen to if you get so, the itch. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm big on uh, discovery in terms of like, uh, you know, we have uh, a close partnership with Cobas. They're a music streaming service and they have this great discovery sort of app uh, within their service that just allows you to play, plays music based on what your interests are. And I know a lot of the other uh, streaming platforms have that as well. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned this on our last happy hour. I've been on a little bit of a punk kick recently, and I, I discovered this new band called Drug Church, which I found to be uh, good. It kind of got me back in touch with my teen angst. And uh, there were some stressful moments over the holidays, which this helped me sort of, you know, release that over a glass of eggnog and have some fun there. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, Kendrick Lamar has certainly been at the top of my playlist. I get, uh, I listen to a lot of 
um, you know, older grunge music as well. My, uh, I'm fortunate enough that my uh, 18-year-old son has really adopted a lot of the music that I used to listen to. So we can listen to Nirvana and we can listen to Stone Temple Pilots and he likes, mm-hmm. you know, Green Day and things like that where, you know, it's not, um, you know, there, there are songs that I've heard a million times, but for him to be able to hear some of the deeper cuts from the albums, from playing the entire album through, uh, I think that's, that's uh, you know, been rewarding for me because, again, it's like stuff that takes me back to the day and, you know, going through a similar time in my life and now I can share it with him. So, you know, all that's been good as well. Um, and then, you know, I think through the WPA, I mean, we've, we've talked to some artists that, you know, got me into listening to gospel for a little bit or country music or, um, even like Latin jazz. So, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I jump all over the place. I have sort of my set stuff that I listened to when I was younger, and then I'll go and listen to a full album of something brand new. And I might not ever listen to it again, but I feel like it's sort of about the exposure and just, uh, you know, giving my speakers something new to test with. And, uh, you know, if I like something then I'll bookmark it, but you know, there's no, um, no really methodology because uh, I always hated country music. And then just this year, this summer, I started listening to like nothing but like old school, like Leonard Cohen and then Willie Nelson. And then some of the, you know, uh, other country artists from the classic era. And, uh, so it's, it's sort of whatever, uh, is interesting me in the moment. Nice. That's cool. I've, I've been exploring the, uh, the apps, the app side of the SVS Soundbase Pro. Um, I haven't really gotten too much into it cause I've been doing everything through my, uh, Apple TV and I, I run, like I said, I've turned, I used to have a, um, uh, Sonos beam as my center channel and I took that out. I put this in and it, we love it. We had, we had a slight issue. Do you want to talk about that right now? <laughs> yeah, bring it up. I mean, HDMI it was my a, bad. A sexy topic. <laughs> it was my bad, and this is that's why I'm like, you guys were great about it. Um, so what happened is, is I, I I installed this, and I connected the using the HDMI port on the back of the sound base, and well, all I did is I took out the the beam, the Sonos beam, took the HDMI out of that and put it into the sound base. And what was happening for a little while is it was just cutting out every 30 minutes, the sound base. We'd lose audio. So that we hit the volume and it'd come back on. And then by the time I got some time to figure it out, I I was like, I, I didn't have a lot of time. So I was like, I was waiting. I was going to call you, Nick, and see if have us work it out. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why don't I call SVS directly? Called the helpline and I got Ryan. And apparently you guys are breeding them over there. Uh, Ryan, because I, we thought we figured it out. He helped me go through my television. He actually asked for the, the serial number or whatever. He looked up the, the manual and he told me to shut off your, you know, the HDMI CEC. So I did that. Well, and a half hour later, it still came back on. I call back and Ryan had said, he goes, if it comes, if it happens again, call right back. Okay. So I call back 30 minutes later and he says, hi, I'm Ryan. I go, are you Ryan? And he goes, no, I'm Ryan too. He knew right away what I was saying because he didn't sound like the first Ryan. I was like, all right. So he helped me through it. And what he was, he, he goes, well, let's look at this. And I ended up going in the back and he goes, are you connected to the right, the the correct HDMI output, the arc one? And I was like, so I go to the back of the TV and I look and and I discover that it was a, it was a digital, uh, optical to HDMI output is what I'd been using the whole time. So then I was like, oh, here we go. Let me connect it through the arc. So I connected through the arc input and I'm like, here we go. 
And I was like, I got to figure it out. So we hang up. Everything's good. I think I got no sound. So I couldn't figure, oh, that's what it was. We connect. I couldn't get any sound. And Ryan two is like, I don't know what it is. Let me talk it out. Let me talk to Ryan one. I'll call you back. So while he's wait, while I'm waiting to hear him call back, I'm starting to, you know, troubleshoot this. I look in the back donkey era over here. It's dark behind the TV. That's the only excuse I have. My HDMI port that has arc is HDMI four. I had plugged it into HDMI three. That's why I had no sound. So I call right back and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I got Ryan one this time with Ryan two <laughs> sitting in the background. Cause they were sitting there trying to hash out my problem to give me. A, and I go, I figured it out guys. It's me user error. Dumb, dumb over here. I got it to the right port. My wife and I, ever since then, we walk in the living room and we're like, hey, the sound is still on, thinking it's fancy. I mean, it, it, this it, what I thought was awesome about this, and this I had this issue a long time ago, separate issue with my subwoofer, and why I wanted to get in touch with this, you guys, this company in the first place, is this is how fantastic you guys were. It wasn't, there wasn't a single problem with your product. You guys worked through my television and me. <laughs> It's like, and, and you got and we were laughing about it and it was great. It was, I mean, Ryan one, Ryan two, they were fantastic and they didn't even make me feel like now I, yeah, I'm Mr. Brightside. I've helped a lot of people, but in my head, which they probably were doing too, no doubt. Um, and I don't blame them like rolling their eyes, like, Oh, this idiot, but they weren't, they didn't portray that at all it was fantastic and uh, well, we don't roll our eyes there's so <laughs> many it's a confusing thing to, yeah. to connect this stuff and you know hdmi is a new dimension because or, or a, a different dimension because uh each um tv brand implements hdmi a little bit differently um obviously you need to have it in the right plugged into the right hole that's <laughs> you do need to do that but even yep. beyond that but even beyond that, um, there's always settings in the background that sometimes um, prevent the TV from being returned. They defeat some of the potential settings that could make the sound better um, just to have sound of any kind. So you won't right. return the TV. Um, and so sometimes we just have to work with people and it's each brand is a little bit different. Luckily, there aren't that many TV brands. So these guys are very they're students of it and they do enjoy troubleshooting um they don't roll their eyes because there's just it's always something new and that keeps the i think it keeps their day fresh you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a great does. way of putting it gary <laughs> it's yeah. like hey i got this guy on he's he's so stupid this is new no, <laughs> we're keeping no, it no. fresh <laughs> add him to the dartboard no i mean there's a lot to unpack there you know and i think you know with our team specifically uh, i think every brand is like oh yeah we have great customer service yeah yeah we'll, we'll take care of you but, you know, with our approach, it's really a matter of, you know, getting to the root of the issue. It's not a matter of getting the person off the phone and figuring out, you know, whether it's a setting in an AV receiver or on the TV or whatever. Like, we will take the time to make sure you get exactly the, the help that you need. And, you know, I think it's funny that you happen to, to talk to both Ryans. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we, we've got a, a team who will do video consultations. They'll do sort of a two-way video yeah. so you can show them the menu settings, show them where you might want to place your speakers. 
um, give you that sort of uh, eyes in the room view that I think can be so beneficial when when optimizing your uh, your home theater setup. <laughs> when your own um, eyes aren't working. <laughs> when maybe it's a little dark behind the TV and you need some help with that flashlight, we'll we'll take you there. Um, so you know, it's a that's part of it. And, you know, I thought it was great when you were talking. Uh, you know, that story you were saying about your dad and seeing us on the podcast. You know, one thing that we're big about is accessibility. And Gary's too humble to admit it, but we have what's called our customer bill of rights. And there's a direct line to Gary there. Like people email him all the time and they say, this is what you're doing great. This is what I think you can do better. And those become a lot of times an impetus for us to make certain changes or uh, update processes within our company because we take that stuff incredibly seriously. We try to really be uh, owner facing and not just owner facing, but folks who are just getting into this hobby. We don't want people to feel intimidated or, right. or uh, you know, like they're on their own making these decisions. And I think one of the best reviews that we've ever gotten from, a, from an owner was on our site and was like, you know what? I just called up and I spent half an hour talking about my whole system and it just felt like I was talking to a friend who's into this hobby with me and they were sort of there along for the journey. And I hung up and I'm like, I kind of want to call that person back every single week and just sort of shoot the, you know, yeah. break bread with them <laughs> because like it was such a fun conversation and I got so much out of it. And that's, you know, uh, one reason that, you know, we love doing the live streams. We love doing stuff like this because we, we, uh, you know, understand the value of being accessible, but it also, you know, helps us stay passionate and helps us stay engaged with our community, which is so important, um, you know, in, in just the ethos of what SVS is all about. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I can relate. It's that's why people, I have my listeners on the podcast. It's like, there are people, this is such a, a niche hobby that people just want to talk about it. And you, when you and I talked a while ago and you announced the video chat that you had, I'm like, be careful. You'll never get off the phone with these. I mean, cause we, I'm that person. I'm like, I can call you up and like, Hey, what do you think of my room? You know? And it's like, people are just dying to talk to people and your, your people are so receptive. And I mean, I've, I've spent most of my life in this hobby and I'm, I've been a help desk. I am a help desk to people. And, and, and it's, it, it's so much more fun when the person is receptive and both sides are receptive. It's like, I'm hoping that with you guys, it's you, you get mostly receptive, like people are excited about their stuff. Uh, I get like the, the in-laws and the relatives that are like, my TV's broke. What's wrong? And you're like, ah, I'm like, turn it off and turn it back unplug it, plug it back. That won't work. Yeah, well try it. Um, a little different. So I'm hoping your people, your customers, your owners, as you call them, are more receptive to all that. Do you find that like, they're just happy to have a great product? I've never gotten a comment where the person said, uh, you know, your, your, um, service person didn't care. I have just never gotten that. And they do write to us to tell the, you know, to tell us what we could do better for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, more often than not, I hear positive, but one of the things I was going to say, you know, to your point, what company doesn't tell you they give great service This is something Nick and I always talk about. It's like, the, I mean, the cable company tells you they give great service. <laughs> the, you know, the, why wouldn't they? I mean, has there ever been a company that said, well, you know, once you get through our sh our crappy, I was going to say a bad word. Our, once you get through our crappy service, everything else is fine. Nobody says that, right? Right. Nick is, uh, Nick is up against two very weird things. Number one, everyone always says they give great service, but he, Nick has to define it, you know, with more granularity frankly because what we do is real you know we go deep into it to make sure somebody's happy and the same thing the other thing we wrestle with is who makes a speaker and doesn't tell you it sounds great 
I mean, I got a speaker this big in front of me now, and you, if I, I I have to go look at the description, but I guarantee you, the manufacturer said this speaker sounds great. You got to go a little deeper into what it really what it really means right. to sound great, right? Yes, absolutely. And people, I mean, it's one thing when a person or a company touts their own widget, right? But it's it, you guys, it's it, or anybody, it's it's not that. It's the it's the customer reviews. And your customer reviews, your people hear about you in other podcasts, AV rant. I've heard about you guys for years in podcasts, AV rant, HD guys, all these, but they, they talk about the customer service all the time. And this is all un, unprovoked stuff, right? It's just like, oh, I need a subwoofer or I need a great speaker. I need an elevated speaker. I need, what do I need? Go here, talk to these people, any problems that, and we, we do it from our own and like I started doing it because I had my own experience and that's what I talked about long before I met you guys, I had my own experience with you and that got me to want to meet you guys. So it, it's one thing for you guys to say it, but it's another thing when everybody else is saying it. And it, that's what I think is, is the most important part is the customer's perspective. And obviously you guys are, are hitting it on that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I think the approach for a lot of brands is, you know, triage, stop the bleeding. We're all about, you know what, call us before you even thought about what you're going to purchase and, and we'll help you create some sort of guidelines or understand what might be the best product for you. And then at the same token, once you've got it, call us after the fact. You don't think you're getting quite the performance you expected. We'll walk you through every possible optimization. And I think that end to end level of, uh, of service is where you know, we really stand out, but it, you know, it's something we got to work hard to communicate and certainly, uh, you know, having third parties ring that bell is, uh, is definitely helping the cause. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Gary, I know you have a hard out, so you've got to get going. Uh, I got what I want. I got the audio file information I needed. I had a great time. Um, Nick and I are going to stick around and talk some home theater. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to, cause Nick has got oh, been, quite an know, SVS product. This hour has flown by. I've has really it? had fun. I, I, I hope there, there, there's a, a value to your, um, your viewers. Cause this, this was really a lot of fun for me. I, I think Nick, I felt like Nick was having a good time too. And hopefully it worked out. Yeah. I want to have you back Gary, but just you, I'm really going to, no, I no, wanna, no. I want to more fun. No way. No, you and I would have a good time. Uh, I feel like you two are sitting there and you're like, not competing, but you don't want to step on each other. If I can get each of you alone or get Gary alone, we can get into home theater. We can I get into audio. I complain about Nick if he's not on. That, I'll see, totally throw him under the bus. There that we go. I, I promise. That's, that's why we got to do it. Five minutes after I'm done, it's like, all right, we, we were on our B game there. We need to get the A game going again. <laughs> Actually, Nick, Nick has been... He's always been willing to tell me where I can do better. We do a lot of this kind of thing together, and and um, uh, he's a great partner. Um, so he'll he'll carry the flag well when I go off. And I guarantee you, the Zoom I'm going to right now isn't going to be nearly as much fun as this has been. So <laughs> thanks for having me on, Gary. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, um, and I can't wait for next time, buddy. Okay, me too. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Bye. Thanks, DJ. Bye. All right, it's just us now. Uh, I miss Gary already. Um, you, you told me a while ago, you were working on something. Um, here we go, buddy. You got your own home theater. Uh, talk about it because you were a little embarrassed. You didn't have one and there's nothing wrong with that, but you aspired to one. And I told you, it's not about the theater. It's the man in the box.
tell me about your box. That's yeah. Weird. Well, I, I will say <laughs> I did have sort of a Frankenstein system uh, about four or five years ago in my basement, which was, you know, a couple different brands of speakers, uh, SVS included, sort of mismatched together. Um, you know, my rear uh, surround speakers were like almost overhead and it just was not optimal in any sense of, uh, of you know, home theater setup. And so I embarked upon this project and, and obviously, you know, uh, you have to have um, your significant other embracing it as well. So where I'm sitting right now is a uh, dedicated room uh, that now functions as my office in a home theater above uh, what's now our garage. And then adjacent to this is a mud room. So those are the the sort of things that were uh, able to make this whole project get off the ground was one, I work from home full time Two, my wife desperately wanted a mud room to put all of our shoes and jackets yep. and all the stuff that was accumulating by the front door. And then obviously being in New England, you know, the winters can get a little rough down here. So having that garage uh, was uh, was a huge benefit for uh, for her car having to commute and everything like that. So uh, I pretty much had carte blanche to do whatever I wanted up here, which I cannot tell you how excited that made me. <laughs> and, you know, to be able to start it from the studs and to get the wiring put into the wall and to get everything placed the, where, the place that you wanted it. I mean, not very many people get to have that sort of leeway when they're building a home theater. So, you know, I was sort of in the mindset that, you know, I, I wanted to go all out. Um, but in the typical, you know, sort of mantra of home theater and audiophiles, I don't think it's quite the end game. I think there's still some places where, you know, I could see catch some upgrade-itis. Uh, but as it stands right now, I'm, I'm just super happy with it. And I've just never had this kind of acoustic, uh, you know, system, just the, the way that it just brings all the bass and the height effects and everything together. I've never had that in my own home or frankly, never heard it in any of my friends' homes too. So there's a little bit of that, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and, and having fun there. But um, I can walk you through it, but I don't know if you had specific questions you wanted to address first. Well, no, just I, I, you had a goal in mind and you, you told me a little while ago that one of your goals was you didn't want to come out swinging. You didn't want to come out with a home run right away. You were like, I want to experience home theater the way it should be. And I want to build my system. And like you said, you want to, you want to get some of that like upgrade itis or whatever and be like, I want to get, so I, I'm interested to hear on what you, like what you could have done, but didn't do and, and what you have now. And like, like you said, it's like, I do this all the time with people. Like when you first start out in this, doing this and getting a full home theater system, don't go for it because you won't know what you're what you're experiencing and it's like just start and get something going so you had a frankenstein system what could you have possibly done that you maybe could that you didn't do but are excited to see here later so i'll start with the uh the brains of the operation i have uh, a denon x4500 av receiver and it's a it's a fine receiver it has plenty of power for the speakers that i'm running from it but i could have gone a little beefier i think and in time maybe i will um, you know, I'm doing a 5.2.2 system. So for people who don't know what that means, it's uh, your traditional five channels of surround sound, your two fronts in the center that you can kind of mm -hmm. see over there, you get your two rear speakers over here. And then, uh, so that's the 5.1 uh, or the 5.0. And then you can't see the subwoofers, but there's one over in that corner and then one a little bit closer to me here. So that's the first point two. And then the second point two would be those prime elevation speakers that you see right overhead. So that is providing the Dolby Atmos height effects. Um, so, you know, I, I thought about doing two layers of uh, height effects, but because this uh, room is aligned in sort of the long rectangular way, yep. instead of doing it in sort of a, 
Yeah, and this is something Ed Mullen, our director of technology, is like, oh, you got to set it up so it's more of a stadium or like more of a theater where, you know, your seating area is, um, you know, looking out at the long way. And I was like, I got all these windows and I wanted lots <laughs> of natural light because it's also my office. So that's not going to work. So I went with this sort of shorter throw uh, home theater and I got the sectional couch there. So yep. it's, it's as much built for comfort um, and family viewing as it is for, you know, complete immersion. But I think in time, you know, I always like the idea of some of those like D box chairs or like, oh, the, uh, you know, those, uh, <laughs> what do they call it? The transducers, the butt kickers, whatever. Yep, yep. I mean, they, they've always seemed sort of gimmicky to me, but then at the same token, I'm like, well, how do I really know? I've, I've seen them at trade shows and, and all of that. So I think there, there might be a, an upgrade path down there. Certainly working for SVS. Uh, you know, I got a great deal on these speakers, but <laughs> <laughs> there might be some latest and greatest stuff coming out where get a little bit more dynamic output, get a little bit more low frequency extension. Um, so I could see myself swapping out some speakers here and there. And I know this is a, a brand that you talk a lot about, and this is Endgame, but Kaleidoscape. I mean, what is cooler than Kaleidoscape in the sense of getting first run movies at your fingertips? But, you know, you got to shell yeah. out for that quite a bit. And, you know, I am... Um, I, I was on some extent on a budget because we built this thing from scratch. So, mm. you know, speaker deal uh, excluded everything else I paid for. Um, so I think all of that was, uh, you know, part of uh, what my thought process was. But I will say one thing I did not skimp on was my AV furniture. You can kind of see it over there. I went with uh, what's called a BDI corridor. BDI is sort of known for their AV furniture. They, uh, you know, has great ventilation, has tons of storage. It has sort of like the nice, like slow close thing. Oh, nice. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a friend's house and seen like a crappy Ikea piece. That's like Boeing underneath. <laughs> the oh no. Yeah. The Boeing. And I'm like that, you know, it could create resonances. You got like the fiberboard <laughs> falling apart. So I, I chose BDI because I knew I wanted a cabinet that would last forever. It's built like a tank, but it's also, uh, primed for AV equipment. It's got, you know, tons of storage, like I said, but it's also got lots of uh, like sliding doors on the back so you can run your wires in and out of there. Um, and, and, you know, it's got a anti-scratch top surface. So there's just a lot of cool features that go with uh, the AV furniture where I didn't think I was really going to, you know, bother. But then as I did my research, I'm like, you know what, this is something I don't want to have to replace. I don't want to have to yeah. buy new furniture down the road. Um, so that's what ultimately led to that decision. That's cool. That's I, something that I haven't really gotten into on this podcast is the furniture. It's like, that is pretty cool. I know it, it's sort of, you know, I guess it could be considered some of the most boring aspects of it. Cause it doesn't really speak to the experience, but when you talk about setup and when you're talking about, you know, just the ease of it, like there's a lot that goes into it, not having to like drill holes in the fiberboard in the back yeah. or worry about stuff overheating. And you know, that, that matters. It's also, uh, as, as an artist, as somebody, I, I just did a drawing recently and there's something to framing it too. That's why we like our theater racks. That's why we want to put our components in the right kind of a theater rack and stuff, right? Because you can take, you can take a nice, nice drawing and you look at, you just look at it in the sketch pad and you're like, oh, that looks great. But then you frame it properly and you, it just goes pow, right? So you're doing the same thing for your gear with the furniture. And it's like, you give, you give you nice theater furniture and you, you open up that and it there's, you know, you're paying a little bit more for it. Yes. There's the convenience of setup. Like you said, with the, you know, everything's where it should be, but then, you know, people come in and that's an impressive thing. They, they, Hey, Oh, pick a movie you want, go into there, do this, do that. And you pop the door. And it's like, it, it's, that is part of the experience. 
And that, that's the stuff that we love to like nerd out about too. It's like, I mean, whether it's like your piece of furniture, which goes under the television the long way, or it's a tall theater rack that I've always, I had to build my own, it, but you get those nice tall theater racks that, you know, that are meant for like computers and stuff like that. But it's like, I've always wanted to have it where just the face showed out. And it's like, that's all part of it. And it's like, yeah. we, and, and what's funny is like you said, it's like, you come on here, there's a home theater podcast and you're like, Oh, check out. I, I didn't skimp on my furniture and you felt weird about it, but it's like, we do it all the time. It's like, yeah. I have people over and I open my, 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 um, and my equipment closet. And I'm like, look, and people are like, what? <laughs> like, it's a closet with Look at that knob in. feel. Appreciate you, how that knob feels. Come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever done that? You'd be like, do you feel oh, yeah. the clicks in it? You can feel it, but it's like, awesome. and if you turn it faster, it goes this way. You're like, oh, it's like, oh God. But yeah, that's, that's all part of it. It's all part of the experience. Yeah. And, I, and you know, I think there was one other area too that I didn't think I was going to go into, but I got a, a pretty decent um, power conditioner too. And, and this oh. was more from you know, talking to some uh, industry friends who had had lost gear to lightning strikes and oh. other things like that. He's like, you know what? If you're going to put this together, like it's a one-time investment, you know, some of them are sacrificial. You don't want to get one that's going to get hit with a surge once and then basically be useless. So invest in something decent. So I got a, a UPC that uh, that's pretty, pretty good. And it, it fits nicely under there. So you can't even see it. And then, uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention about the cabinet, the thing that got... <laughs> Also excited me. I can't believe I'm hyping it this much. It's like that sort of slatted front approach. Yeah. It's like, it's so, uh, it works perfectly with a remote. You know, the IR goes yep. right through it, but you can see right through the slats to see what input is on and what the volume. So oh. when you're sitting at like eye level, yep. like, it looks like all nice and lifestyle, but you can still see different settings on the AV receiver. I'm like, huh, like that's just convenient. So um, it's these little things, you know, and then obviously the sound is, is just like, so much better than ever before we did a we do a little treat calendar for the holidays with my son and so i put a coupon in there for uh ice cream sundays and movie night up in the theater so we watched the new pinocchio and oh my goodness it was just such a enjoyable treat and you know, it wasn't like one of those over the top like dune or, or top gun but like just the ambient effects like I, there was a couple times where i caught him looking over his shoulder looking up oh. uh, above his head you know, during a rainstorm and stuff like that. And it's like, that was never happening out of my old theater. So, you know, I think it's those ability to, to kind of, you know, connect with the content on a little bit deeper level, um, but then also get the family into it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to CES next week in Vegas and I'm leaving my uh, 18 year old son home alone and I've given him uh, privileges to have some friends <laughs> over here. So I'm just hoping it stays in the same uh, state that oh. it is now when, uh, when I return home, because I know he likes to listen to some of his music pretty loud and, uh, and his friends can get a little bit rowdy. So I'm, I'm hoping, uh, everything stays in, in mint shape in uh, in the next week. Take pictures before you go. Yeah. For the insurance <laughs> companies. I know. Oh God. That's, that's Nick. This, that's awesome. I mean, I've talked about a lot of things on this podcast, a lot of home theater scenes, a lot of speakers, a lot of displays. Um, I, I don't think we've gotten into furniture. Thank you. Because that it's fantastic. I love that idea. And it, and, it, and you're right. And I love how you come in with it and you're like, this is going to be weird, but I want to No, that's not weird. It's why haven't we touched on it before? Probably because you haven't been on to talk about it. <laughs> 
Well, the, I, I know some folks from BDI and Salamander and a couple of the other companies. So if you're ever looking to have them on as a guest, then uh, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to, to pitch their wares for you. Uh, but it is one of those, you know, lesser thought about things, because I think in the grand scheme, it's like, well, I can just skimp on the cabinet and just get, you know, like I said, something from Ikea or whatever, the, the department store nearby, and no one's going to be the wiser. But when you talk about functionality, when you talk about operating performance, you know, those are things to consider if, if you're doing the end game thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, little, I, I want to geek out on Nick's mind. What have you always been this way or did, did you go to school? You are so good at like bright side at, at all of this, but it's like you're VP of marketing and, but you're just so good at talking about this stuff. Have you always been this way? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I've been blessed to be in this industry for such a long time that I've, you know, my passion for it has grown. You know, I was, I started it in college. You know, my roommate was one of those dudes who bought the big PA speakers out of the white mm -hmm. van. I don't know if you knew this. I went to BU. We talked Austin about it on this oh. podcast, a bunch of people. I don't okay, think you I and so. I did, but I think so. I actually, Johnny Speakers, and he's, his name is called Johnny Speakers on Twitter. So we talked about this a while ago, and he listened to the pot. He was just a listener at a time. Now he's been on a few times. He had a white van, <laughs> and his name's Johnny Speakers. But he was. But we all know that story. And it's like, luckily, none of us got kidnapped. Seriously. <laughs> no, I think uh, my roommate bought him out of the parking lot of like a star market or something like yeah. that. And he was like, oh, I got a great deal on these. I'm like, well, how do you know they even work? He's like, oh, the guy hooked him up in his van. I'm like, okay. So from that point, you know, I sort of understood that there was, you know, better fidelity out there. I told my story of the little turntable with the stethoscope. Yeah. Uh, but then when I got <laughs> to do a, you know, a PR agency work, I started working for like the highest echelon brands there were like Krell which makes, you know, $200,000 monoblock amps and Runco, which makes $400,000, you know, th uh, theater quality cinemascope projectors and whatnot. And so I got to see sort of the extreme luxury side of it. And, you know, you get these experiences um, and then you come across a brand like SVS, who I was luckily to represent when I was the agency. I'm like, they are bringing you 99, 95% of the way there at, you know, a fraction of the cost. And then I also got to see the customer service side. And I also got to see the consumer policies and sort of the passion that Gary brought to it. And that's where I think my my sort of uh, personal investment in this got so much greater and where I became a little bit more uh, vocal and, and able to articulate, I think, uh, the beauty and the joy that this this really brings. And uh, And I think that's sort of what led me on the road now. Um, but, you know, I also understand the challenges and the frustrations that people have, you know, with this. And I think there's, there's a solidarity in that when you can talk oh, yeah. to people about sort of like, wow, you know, perfect example, my electrician wired this HDMI portal where basically it was supposed to be just a drop. So I could hide my HDMI going out of the t uh, TV into the AV receiver, but darn it. If that insulation or whatever the heck is behind the wall, I'm like shoving hangers behind there. I'm like ripping out the conduit. I'm like, what is going on here? So I still have one little cable dangling yep. from the TV. This is my greatest challenge uh, of my home theater now, <laughs> uh, but I have fun talking about this stuff, you know, yeah. because it's not just like blowing smoke. It's like, you know, we all share these experiences, you know, I, I, for the most part, this uh, install was was pretty seamless, but I did have a faulty stud finder, so I have some extra holes in my ceiling that don't need to be there. Um, but again, like this is just part of the game, and I think if, yeah. if anyone's telling you like, oh yeah, everything went perfect, they're just they're lying because no. frankly, like there's there's a lot of trial and error with this, and you know as soon as you think you know everything, you know some other hurdle gets yeah. thrown your way, like HDMI CEC or whatever yeah. it is. 
Um, and that just leads to the sort of, um, you know, education that we all get along the way. Uh, and that's fun for me. And I love talking about it. Yeah, it is. It, 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 that's one of the fun things about home theater for me is that it's, it's an everyday like puzzle, right? We're always troubleshooting. We're all, it, when you think you have it perfect or you think, you know, everything you just want to, to improve it. And with improvements come complications and with complications come problems. And with, it's like, and now I got a new puzzle to solve. And it's like, like I was saying about my issue with, with the sound base and like, yeah, I could troubleshoot this and I could work my way through, but it'll take a while and it'll do this. And it's like, it's just easier to call up on this. Stuff. I mean, but it's, but that's the fun of it. And to have enthusiastic people on both ends, to be enthusiastic, like, like yourself and, I mean, getting into the furniture and that it's like you said, the positivity, you have a dangling wire there that you don't want to see. And we're like, that's fun because you're going to solve it. Right. <laughs> you're like, it, it, it's right. Ultimately it gets solved. But then, then once it's solved, I already can see you sitting there in your house. People come over. Hey, see, there's no wires. <laughs> you're like, you want people to notice a little story about that took uh it was actually the biggest thing i had to overcome to get that one wire behind the wall but you know it's it's definitely a, a learning experience and i think there's a mindset you know when when people are fixing things to like get really frustrated or get like really upset and uh you know i i tried to approach this from a, a perspective of you know what learning experience here let's not get mad let's just mm. get um, you know, get, get out your MacGyver hat and, and figure out what needs to be done. And it was great because I had my older son, you know, helping me along the way with some of the unboxings and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, I kind of got to impart and feel smart in front of him, uh, some of the knowledge that I've accrued, which isn't always the case with an 18 year old, you know, they know everything. So, you know, with this, uh, you know, and then to actually be able to put on, uh, you know, stranger things or the Batman and be like, now this is, this is why we went through all of that. And, you know, we watched a violent night the other night and oh, oh my gosh, I haven't laughed that hard at a movie in so long. Yeah, it yeah. was just like, I couldn't, you know, I, I didn't know what I was getting into with it, but just to sit there uh, with my older son and just laugh our asses off at a holiday movie. Uh, you know, I didn't expect that. Yeah, it is pretty funny. And it is, I, I was going to watch it with my wife. I ended up, my son wasn't around. I ended up watching it myself. And I said to her afterwards, I go, yeah, I'm glad you didn't watch it. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it is truly like if anybody comes out of that and I likened it to dumb and dumber when that came out, everybody's like, that movie was so dumb. Well, it's in the title. Well, violent yeah. night is like hyper violent. I mean, it is, mm -hmm. it is gross. It is. I mean, there's some graphic killings and maimings and whatever. It is super violent, but it is, it's a holiday movie. <laughs> yeah, but then they have like this sort of, you know, soft holiday music yeah. playing in the background during these it's like ma melees of carnage. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, you know, it makes it not so bad. So, um, yeah, we, we had fun with that one. Not, not for the whole family, no. but, uh, you know, that, that's why, uh, you have Christmas story and national lampoon. So there you uh, go. that's the better ones for the crew. Yeah. Uh, Nick, this has been a blast. Um, I truly, yeah, I do definitely want to get you back. We'll talk some scenes, just you. We'll talk some scenes and, um, about your theater. Maybe you and I will do a couple of movies and we'll break them down together. I'll listen to it. I'll watch it. And hey, actually, you know what? Maybe I'll come down and visit. I would you're love not that. far. <laughs> I, you're an hour stones throw away. So, uh, it's an open yeah. invite and, uh, you know, we got a CES next week in Vegas, but yeah. after that, I'll be home for a while and, uh, let's, let's make this happen. <laughs> I mean, I'll check I'll, I'll get that wire side. hidden though. I got to get that wire. Yeah. Hidden, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Jeff's kiss. Maybe some uh, spackle in those holes uh, next to the elevation. That's right, mate. That's Other why that, they make spackle white. <laughs> that's right. We're we're uh, we're about as close as uh, we can get here to the uh, hey. you know, final product. It's called character. That's all. Yeah, it is. It's just called true. character. That's it all. helps me work on my handyman skills too. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you for, for everything, for all the support, what all the support since I've met you guys. And I mean, you obviously the company, you got great company, great support out of that company. So I shouldn't expect anything less, but, uh, 2022, you guys, I really got to know you. I actually met you in 2021, I believe in the fall, but just this past year, you guys have been awesome. And when I reached out to you over the summer about, you know, supporting charity events and charity stuff, you were just like, oh, yeah. I mean, you just jumped right on it. Uh, I still remember you calling me back right away. And I, I where I was out in my backyard and I'm like, hey, what? Okay, yeah, let's do it. And you're like, no, we need to do this. So thank you very much for that. That was awesome. Because when a company like yourself and a guy like yourself, um, I'm literally sitting in my basement. Those are fake curtains behind me and posters. I'm just a donkey that likes home theater. Um, and to have guys like you be like so responsive, it's been, it's been encouraging to me and, and humbling. So thank you guys. Thank you for that personally. Well, you're my favorite donkey uh, for what it's worth <laughs> and uh, appreciate everything you're doing for this community. And obviously, uh, you know, sharing the good word about the WPA, it's obviously uh, close to, to Gary's heart and to SVS. So uh, anytime we can be on, we're more than happy to uh, talk movies, music, whatever. Just uh, drop a line and we'll be free. And uh, like I said, open invite here to Rhode Island and uh, we can get out and do a little tour. Sounds good, Nick. Hey, and, uh, and after all this, tell Larry I said hi. Absolutely. Appreciate Larry's it. dying to get on as well. So uh, he, he's got his clips from 2022 ready to go. Oh, here we go. Oh, it, it, we're booking it. Can't wait. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching in. Uh, and uh, go push play. Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey, Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.